Welcome to Whitefields Church Podcast. Our focus is to help you grow relationally, emotionally, and spiritually. I hope you enjoy the message. We were eight days in Texas, and I'll say this, it's warmer there. We had a wonderful time. Um, a lot of... Uh, a lot of nice warm morning walks before it got too hot. It's just that flight to and from Texas. Oh, well, thank you, Lord. I appreciate that word that Celia shared this morning. It's, it certainly goes along and confirms what God has laid on my heart to share with us this morning. Um, Pastor Vic is really good at titling messages, and it has provoked me to try to do the same, <clears throat> which I have never been very practiced at. And so, uh, so I try to come up with these, these, these names, like uh, the moment of atonement. You know, we missed that because our, our system crashed, but... I got a lot just out of the title. Yeah. It made me start thinking. That moment when Christ brought atonement to all of mankind and to all those that would apply it to their lives. And, and so uh, I look forward to hearing it at some point in time. But just the, the title itself. So I, I try to come up with these titles. They're never as good. Mine is titled this morning, Manger to Ministry or subtitled, Jesus Has Left the Manger. You know, we love Christmas. I don't want to take away from Christmas and, and the celebration of the birth of Christ. And, you know, we have a nativity scene in our home, you know, that uh, we like and our, all our grandkids like and our kids like growing up. That it, uh, it, it just brings you to that recognition of that point in history that universally affected the world. That moment of the birth of Christ Jesus. And this is the season that we take that time and celebrate it and recognize it. And I believe it's a very vital and important part of the overall message of God. That being said, I believe that too often, too many believers stay there. They don't leave the manger. They don't grow in Christ. They don't follow his teachings. Christ left the manger. He didn't just say, hey, this was pretty good, you know, a little feed box for my head where they laid me, you know, kind of like that feed box. Uh, it's been chewed on. It's, it's all the rough edges are gone. Uh, I'm comfortable. I'm just going to stay here. No, he continued to move on and grow, it says, he grew, and he matured, and he fulfilled all that God had for him to fulfill. And as Christians, he's setting an example for you and for me that that's how we are to be, too. We need to grow. But too many times, you don't see somebody 5, 10, 15 years old in the Lord. You see them one year old in the Lord 5, 10, 15 times over. 
And God is telling us, move on to maturity. And one of the biggest things to, to hinder the believer from moving on, I believe, are offenses. And, uh, you know, an offense happens. And I, I'm going to be talking about offenses this morning. I'm going to be talking about being offended. And, and that song this morning, I don't want to be offended, Jesus, when it's all coming down. That's a lot deeper than I don't want my feelings hurt. We, we often think of offenses as, well, that person hurt my feelings, and, I, and I'm offended. When the Bible uses the word offense, it's much deeper than that, and we're going to take a look at that this morning. But just as uh, God had a plan for the life of Jesus and the ministry of Jesus, he has a plan that goes beyond your moment of salvation, goes beyond your salvation experience to where your life is so filled with expectation and hope and, and life that it affects all that you're involved with. But there are hindrances along the way. I believe that the taking an offense is just way we put way too much weight on that to, to allow ourselves, excuse ourselves, to not continue to press in and press onward to the things of God. God wants us to progress, to grow, to mature, and to fulfill your ministry. There's not a person in this room that has not been called to be a minister of Christ. The church for too long has said, oh, Pastor Vic, hey, he's the guy. He does it all. That's why he gets the big bucks. It's so vital for us in this season to capture the opportunity of all of the people that are affected by the birth of Christ. You know, it's a, it's a powerful moment. It's a powerful thing. The whole message, the world is filled with the message of the birth of Christ, whether they want to accept it or not. And they, it's Christmas. It's Christ, the day of Christ, the night of Christ. It's important for us to take the opportunity to help them move beyond an initial salvation experience or an initial, oh, yeah, I recognize the birth of Christ and move them along with us into a, a place of maturity. There's a movie that I hate to admit, but I am admitting it, that I liked. It's called Talladega Nights. And in it, there's a prayer scene. If you've seen the movie, you know the prayer scene. And at the prayer scene, the table is set. The wife has just commented, get on with it. I've worked hours to prepare this meal of Colonel Sanders, Taco Bell, and one other fast food place, and the table's stacked with this stuff. And he leads the prayer, baby Jesus. And they get into an argument about 
his buddy says, well, I, I don't like to, his, his wife makes a comment about, you know, Jesus is no longer a baby. And he goes, but that's how I relate. I relate baby Jesus. And his buddy says, oh, I like Jesus with big eagle wings, you know. And, he's, he's, and his son says, I like Jesus as a ninja, <laughs> you know. And there's all these comments about how they participate in their minds to who Jesus is. But what stands out to me is he says he, he refuses to budge. It's baby Jesus. I believe that's too many people's experience. They have never left the manger. And they're sitting there all alone because Christ is no longer in the manger. In my experience over the years of ministering to people, there are numbers of Christians who have not grown past their initial experience of receiving Christ. And they're still living in that place. And I believe so often, there's multiple causes, but I believe so often the cause is because they've had their feelings hurt. They've been offended. And we can take hurt feelings and turn them into an offense. But we're going to look at offense from this idea of what the Bible is describing being offended really means. The, the word offended comes in, out of Hebrew, the word scandalizio, scandalized. And you all uh, received or are familiar with the word scandal or scandalized. Um, we look at it from a, in, in the English and the Greek mentality as scandalized being a, a, a moral situation. Oh, I was scandalized. Um, that was a real scandal. But it's much deeper than that. The Bible talks about it being a place of stumbling, a place of debilitating uh, pain where you're, you're just put out of commission. And the Bible tells us that a person offended is harder to win than a fortified city. Now think about that. A person offended is harder to win than a city with walls to protect it and all of its armaments. They have closed themselves in. They have set a protection about themselves, saying, I'm not going to be vulnerable in any way. Not going to do it. The Bible tells us not to offend our brother. We look at that, again, from the moral standpoint of like, well, uh, I don't want to, uh, I don't want to, drink a glass of wine or have a beer in front of somebody who I know is weak in the faith there, and they, they are stumbled by that. It's not referring to that at all. 
There's a whole different application that we can go into there. I'm not going to do that today. As I first thought of this message, uh, I thought it was going to be rather simple. But as I began to study it, it just got deeper and deeper and deeper into to things. And I'm just barely going to cover the surface this morning. So as we look in Luke chapter 17, I'm going to read several scriptures, then we're going to come back and build a picture. In Luke chapter 17, beginning with verse 1, Jesus said to his disciples, Occasions for stumbling are bound to come, but woe to anyone by whom they come. It would be better if a millstone were hung around your neck and you were thrown into the sea than for you to cause one of these little ones to stumble. Jesus is saying a quick death will be better than what you experience if you create a stumbling for one of these children. You'll long for a quick death. He goes on to describe, no, there's going to be an eternal time of torment. And you'll wish that you would have just been quickly dispensed of in the sea. That's some pretty heavy stuff going on there. Matthew chapter 13. Verse 36, I'm reading out of the New American Standard Bible. I was thinking about that as I use this translation. Almost all of my Bibles that I use are called the version. Think about it. There's the King James Version. There's the New King James Version. There's the New International Version. But this is the New American Standard Bible. So it's the official. In verse 36, then he left the crowds and went into the house, and his disciples approached him, saying, Explain to us the parable of the weeds and the field. And he answered, The one who sows the good seed is the Son of Man. The field is the world, and the good seed are the children of the kingdom. The weeds are the children of the evil one, and the enemy who sowed them is the devil. Don't forget that part. The harvest is the end of the age. And the reapers are angels. Just as the weeds are collected and burned up with fire, so it will be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send his angels, and they will collect out of his kingdom all causes of of sin and all evildoers, and they will throw them into the furnace of fire, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of of their father, let every, anyone with ears listen. He's drawing a picture here of the wheat and the tares growing together. Previously, as he describes this parable, let them grow together to maturity so you don't damage the wheat 
as you're pulling the tares out when it's young. These things are going to happen. But he, he speaks of the tares as evildoers, those with evil intent, those with, with malicious intent. And as we look into the word offended or scandalized this morning, it's referring to you being offended by someone with evil intent, maliciously desiring to lead you into sin, maliciously desiring to lead you astray and away. The word, well, let's read on. I said I'd read a few scriptures, didn't I? Psalm 141.9. Then I'll paint the picture. You guys have the advantage of having it up there already. I like the old days when we all had to thumb through our Bibles. Psalm 141, verse 9. Maybe in the future, we could just put the, the chapter, but not the scripture, so that then you have to wait until the, the reader is finally ready. Here in, in Psalm 141.9, it says, Keep me from the trap that they have laid for me, and from the snares of evildoers. Let the wicked fall into their own nets, while I alone escape. The writer here is talking about offended traps. When we see the word offended, we see the word scandalized. Comes out of the word scandalized. Scandalized means to set a snare. The scandal is a stick. That's all it is, is a stick. Do we have a picture of that anywhere? And this is not a good adaption of it, but the scandal is just simply a stick with a box sitting on top of it at an angle, and food is put in there and seed to trap and snare birds. And as they come in there to eat, you pull the string, the stick falls, the trap comes down, and the birds are left in darkness for you to gather up and eat. And this is a rock, and it does not really depict, but it gets the same message. This one's a little bit more than trapping. This one's more of a squishing. But it's what I had. So, scandalizio comes out of, it comes from the word scandalon, and scandalon is a stick used to set this trap up, and then the string to pull to set the trap and trap the birds or the prey in this box in darkness. In Matthew 16, The 
21st verse, from that time on, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and undergo great sufferings at the hands of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and on the third day be raised. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him saying, God forbid it, Lord, this must never happen to you. But he turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. For you are setting your mind not on divine things, but on human things. You see, Jesus was at a very vulnerable moment. He's describing to his disciples, this is what's going to happen to me, and I'm going to go do it. And his close disciples said, never, don't do it. Stay with us. Stay in the manger. Be with us forever. Never, it won't be, Lord, not, not as long as I'm with you. Jesus is saying, that is a stumbling block. That's a temptation that would cause me to be trapped. That's a temptation to go into that trap and be snared. He says, don't do it. And he recognized it didn't come from Peter, but it was malicious in its intent to divert Jesus from fulfilling the plan of God in his life. These traps are meant by the enemy of your soul, Satan, to divert you and to waylay you from completing and fulfilling your destiny in Christ Jesus. Now, in his time of ministry, Jesus, I believe in this last scripture, Matthew 11, verse 6, I believe Jesus is having one of the most heartfelt pieces of wisdom that he wants to give to his disciples. He wants to leave them with something, and I believe it was an appeal from deep within his heart A very important piece of wisdom, Matthew 11, verse 6. This is a time where John the Baptist, who was at the peak. I mean, he, he was at the peak of popularity. He was doing it. He was the man everybody was going out in the wilderness to see. He was the main attraction. He was living on the third floor of life. And suddenly, along came life's issues, things that happened, and he found himself in prison. And he was scandalized. He was offended. He was trapped. And here Jesus is saying in verse 6, as he went away, Jesus began to speak to the crowds. Uh, I got too far. In verse 
4. Go and tell John what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the poor have good news brought to them. And blessed is anyone who takes no offense in me. That is a very important scripture for you to take away this morning. Blessed are those who do not and are not offended by the things that happen in your life. The events of life happen that you don't see coming. Another idea of a scandal or scandal on is the mast of a ship. And what's hooked to that mast is a sail, and at the bottom of that sail is a boom, another big stick. And if you're not watching, if you're not aware, and that sailing vessel takes a tack or a turn, or the wind changes, and you're not paying attention, that sail will swing across, and you will get what they called lowered the boom. You just get hit from behind with that big stick. That's where I believe we get the term lowered the boom. And Jesus is saying, these are the kind of things that happen in your life. You're on the third floor. You you got the world by the tail. Things are going your way. You're getting things your way. And suddenly, something comes in that you don't see coming. You're served divorce papers. You get a diagnosis and told you have cancer. You lose someone suddenly. You lose a child, you lose a a spouse, you lose a parent that you didn't see it coming. Just suddenly, the events of life offend you. They snare you, they trap you. And that box comes down and you find yourself not on the third floor, but in darkness and in the basement. It happens. It happens. The events of life happen. Now, along with Scandalon, along with the the idea of the stick... They also had a different usage of the same word, but it was put along the pathways where the Roman soldiers would mark. It was one of the uh, first century minefields, if you would, and they're uh, a type of uh, nail that was meant for you to step on, hidden in the ground, and you would step on these. And I don't know if you've ever done any damage to your heel, but if you poke a nail up through your heel especially a rusty, infected, you know, you use that heel a lot. And you'll notice it from then on. And you're taken and and laid aside. You are out of commission. So often when things and the events of life can hit you, you can be taken out of commission. And you find yourself in the basement of life. You find yourself in self-pity. You find yourself just hurt. You find yourself just like 
it's, it's easier to curl up in a ball and not do anything than it is to proceed. You want to know where Jesus is? He's not in the, he's not in the penthouse. And he's not in the basement. He's in the living room. Come to the living room. Don't stay in the basement when you've been offended, when you've gotten sidelined, when you've gotten uh, extremely hurt, whether you've fallen into sin, whether you've been just betrayed in some way, whether you've just taken the deepest hit you've ever had at the loss of someone. Um, come to the living room. That's where the people of God are. That's where Jesus is living. That's the door he comes into when he knocks at the door of the house. He comes into the living room. He doesn't go to the back door. He doesn't go to the basement. And he doesn't go to the top floor. He goes to the living room where the land of the living, where life is. And I believe Jesus is saying to his disciples here, He's saying, take this back to John. John is offended. John is trapped. John is in darkness. John is hurting. He says, take this back to him. These things are happening. And then he says to his disciples, and don't you allow an offense to take you out of life. Please, Jesus is saying to his disciples, don't let the events of life offend you. This has happened to so many people that I've known over the years, and they've just been taken out. Um, my wife and I have had these experiences in our lives. And uh, we had some friends that we'd lost our son, 19 years old, full of life, a joy to our hearts. And in a moment, boom, the event of life took him from us. Devastating. We've had good friends, been in ministry with. Got a hurt feeling somehow. Developed that hurt feeling into a, an offense. That offense turned into gathering others that felt offended and wanted to gather around that. It's a typical thing that happens in church. It happens in life. It's an event of life. And we felt extremely betrayed in what took place there. And we found ourselves in the basement. We found ourselves in darkness in these events in our lives. And a couple of things happened. One is we didn't let go of Christ. We've been called... And we've been baptized. And we baptized our hearts in the fire of Christ. 
and said, we're living for him no matter what. But it wasn't easy. What did make it happen was people came alongside in the living room and got us and said, we're not letting you go. We're staying with you. Christ would bring people out of, out of the resource, uh, recesses of who knows where to reach out and just gather you up. You know what kind of pastor and wife, pastor's wife you have here? That kind. The kind that says, when you are down, we're, we're not letting go of you. They did that with Nancy and I. We're not letting go of you because there is a greater purpose, a greater calling, a greater path for you to continue to walk on. We're going to be with you, and we're not going to let it go. And we're like, get away from us. We, we love you, but get away from us. We, we want to live in, in self-pity for a while. We want to live in our hurt for a while. And they wouldn't let us. That's the kind of pastor we have here, by the way. Yeah. If you didn't know, one day some event will come along and you'll discover that. Because events of life will happen. When offenses happen, and they will happen, come to the room of the living. I believe there's people in this room this morning, and that word, this word was confirmed earlier. There are people here with deeper, deeper things happening in their life than, than they're, they're wanting anyone to know about. That's the basement. Don't be in the basement. You come to the room of the living. And there are people here that have had those experiences in their lives. And they want to surround you this morning, pray with you, be with you. And so when we close the service this morning, I want to invite you to be sure and do that. Don't, don't go away from here this morning if you have had an event in your life that you know and it's speaking to your heart this morning. Jesus is in the living room. He's not in the manger. To represent that, we've, most of us probably have put the manger in our living room. These are a people... The people gathered in this room are a people that will not let you go. They'll get a hold of you, and they'll walk with you. A friend offended, a person offended, is harder to win than a walled city. Come out of that, come out of that walled city this morning. Find the freedom you have in Christ. Find the deliverance and the joy that you have and can have in your life. Come to the living room this morning. If we could have the worship team come up, we're going to close with a song. And I'm going to ask for those that are 
desirous and willing to come up at the close of this song and make themselves available. I know we have uh, prayer people, but we also, I believe, just individuals in this room that have had events in their life that you can say, I came out of the basement of that, and God and Jesus Christ is real and living in me today, and I want to share that compassion with you by praying with you this morning. I, I want to make an appeal. Come forward to make yourself available to pray for anyone that wants to come up and needs that prayer this morning. All right? Let's all stand. Let's give some praise and worship to the Lord, and I'll let... Uh, turn this over to you, Pastor. Thank you for joining us today. Please make sure to subscribe to our podcast. If you'd like more information about our church, please visit our website, whitefieldsalaska.com. Thanks again for listening, and may God bless you today.